I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. We need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. And good morning. Welcome to What's Next. Uh, my name is Jay Moran. I'm going to be joined as a co- with a co-host uh, today, Patrick Hoskin. Good morning to you, Patrick. Good morning, Jay. Thank you very much for being with us because today we have four guests and it's always a little easier to, to handle uh, and to discuss and uh, interchange with uh, four guests with a, a couple of hosts. And uh, with us today we have uh, Amara Coven-Gelman. She's the Senior Director of the Buffalo Jewish Community Relations Council powered by the Buffalo Jewish Federation. Mara, good to see you again. Hello, Jay. And also with us, uh, the Reverend Dr. Todd Leach, Senior Pastor at Westminster Presbyterian Church. Thanks so much for having us. Tim Sember is with us, uh, Trocare College's Vice President of Mission and Advancement. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. And uh, Renee Pettis-Jones, the President of the National Federation for Just Communities of Western New York. Hi, Good Renee. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you again. Absolutely. Uh, we have uh, an important conversation to today, have today, and uh, what we're going to focus on is what is called, well, just to introduce it at least, an organization called Roots. Mara, you've been uh, voted by the panel to be the one to discuss and to, and to get us into this conversation. Um, so th- thank you. Yeah, I'm more than happy to kind of give a little bit of the background and yeah, you have with our, our friends for their conversation. So Roots is um, a unique uh, Palestinian-Israeli grassroots initiative. And the full name is Roots, and in Hebrew, Shorashim, and in Arabic, Yudar. Um, and they promote understanding, nonviolence, transformation, they use that word, um, and they're based in what is called either Judea, Samaria, or the West Bank. It's 10 years old. Um, it's a network of Palestinian Israelis who have come to see each other as partners um, uh, based on mutual recognition about their people's identity and their connection to the, to the land. And these are conversations we don't normally hear when we're listening to media or reading media these days. So that gives you a bit of a background about Roots. And that also brings together how this particular uh, group of four people got together, right? Well, why don't we talk about just that? How did you come about knowing each other? Todd? Yeah, shortly after arriving to Buffalo just over two years ago, um, Rabbi uh, Alex Lazarus Klein reached out to me and asked if I'd be open to joining a trip to Israel um, for civic leaders. And um, I was excited about the opportunity. I'd actually traveled to the region uh, a half dozen times, leading groups to the Palestinian territories in the West Bank, mostly uh, working with Palestinian Christians, um, learning of some of the challenges that they face and um, connecting with organizations that's trying to work toward peace to addressing those challenges. Uh, So I'd traveled several times before, um, but this was a new opportunity to see a different perspective, to gain a different voice, and I was uh, so pleased and and honored to be part of this great team. And Tim, of course, you were there as well. I was, Jay. Um, I have to give a shout-out to Sister Margaret Carney, the retired, esteemed 
president of St. Bonaventure University. Um, Sister Margaret had gone on the trip previously, um, and as part of the civic leaders group, they were looking for someone to represent higher education, but as well as the Catholic faith. Um, and so she reached out to the president of Trocare, Dr. Bassam Deeb. Um, and um, I had met Sister Margaret previously, and she had recommended, she thought maybe I might be a good candidate because I can carry things. And, um, <laughs> no, just kidding. And, but, um, and so Dr. Deeb um, uh, was gracious enough to extend the invitation to me. And I, I, candidly, I, I was humbled, privileged, blessed, and honored to go. Um, it was really, it was quite an experience, obviously. It's, that's still transforming my life, even today. And, and Renee, of course, your organization is all about making connections and breaking down barriers as well. But you had an opportunity to go on this trip to Israel. Absolutely. You know, it was um, an interesting opportunity for me because it was something that I had not considered for doing international travel. I mean, we were still kind of watching things unfold in the world. And certainly I had my concerns and reservations about having to travel overseas. But for me, I thought it was incredibly important to learn a little bit more about other cultures, other um, communities, and what could I bring back from this trip. That was my personal goal, that if I were to attend, it was something that I could bring back to the Buffalo region. I had to be able to pour it back in for whatever got poured into me. And boy, did a lot get poured into me while I was there. And of course, the timing was quite interesting with 514 mm. happening, um, you know, and I, I almost didn't go because I felt like, well, is this being disingenuous mm. at, at the time? But okay. I thought about it and I said, you know, there's still an educational moment and I needed to open my mind and my heart to healing. And I figured, you know, this might be a good start for that. You know, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that. And I think uh, in our pre-conversation here, Todd, you, you brought this up, that there's a lot of connections that you can kind of make or comparisons of Buffalo to Israel because Buffalo, I mean, continues to be one of the, if not one, the most segregated city in the United States. Yes, yes. Per, perhaps um, less intentionally separated, it seems, than Palestine is. No doubt. Uh, but there is that separation. So the thought was, um, with, with Roots, we're seeing this amazing group of uh, individuals who are coming together and not only embracing one another's humanity, but embracing one another's identity and making the radical statement as, as an organization that we as two people, Palestinians and Israelis, uh, belong to this land from the river to the sea. Hmm. So how do we live into that? And uh, this organization shows us how to uh, not uh, set aside your differences, but how to work through your differences and work toward the transformation Mara spoke about, uh, the reconciliation uh, as well, and then in essence try to become one as you uh, stand for one another so it's it's inspirational. So the question was, how how can we um, bring the same type of conversation to Buffalo, which is one of the most segregated cities in the United States, and the divide is uh, perhaps on the surface less intentional, but there is historically some intentionality behind that. Um, but how do we engage in conversation with one another to uh, push back against that intentionality? You use the term work through differences. Let's perhaps maybe some of the lessons or some of the processes or uh, techniques that maybe you saw Roots using that 
who knows, could be applicable or helpful here in Buffalo? What do you see? Well, I'm struck is what, what, uh, what Todd was sharing in terms of this seemingly paradox, seeking unity amidst diversity. Right. Um, and it, 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 on the face of it, that might sound, well, okay, yeah, we're, we're all one. Well, but how do we get to that unity amidst the diversity? And so part of what struck me was the modeling um, that this organization and the t- these two principal leaders have demonstrated of listening to each other, listening to each other, to take time to step back to say, I, I, have, to, I have to be able to put myself in their shoes, their experience, that doesn't mean I agree with everything that they're stating, but I have to be able to at least hear that respectfully. I have to be able to absorb that, um, try to comprehend that. Um, how do you work through differences if you don't understand what the other side is is living, is saying, is feeling, is experiencing? I think that is so critical for what you just said because that's like the cornerstone of our work, which is, again, another reason why I wanted to be there because... I needed to learn more how to listen. And it's not just hearing someone, it's the deep listening. It's the reflective listening. It's, um, it's a technique that really is something that you have to practice and be intentional about and also to be strategic to get to that deep listening. And I, I, I really felt that they would be the best at being able to help model for our city. Mara? And I think one of the goals um, a year ago, going you know to Israel, um, was we we kind of chose through a network of really amazing civic leaders. And the idea, coming from a wide variety of backgrounds, is to be intensely together for eight or nine days. So the proxim- proximity to each other, to engage like day long and night. So if you look at that model with roots. So you have people who are interacting with each other every day. So it's, it's listening, it's understanding, it's recognizing identity, but it's in relationship and doing things together, which I think is an incredible model. So those folks that came back would now, just like us, are interacting a lot more than we normally would have. Um, and I think that's a really an amazing role model you know, for what could happen in Buffalo. Um, let's go back to the, to the trip in this regard. I mean, just maybe to, it sounds like you were active <laughs> all the time. Take us through the, the activities, if you could, and share not only your experiences of what you did, but maybe, again, maybe what you felt. Uh, you know, I, again, it's we can go by uh, impressions from a distance. And I, I'm a long distance away from Israel, as most people are here in Western New York. We can have our impressions of what it's like. But talking to people who have been there, the experience is, um, I, won't, I won't say it's indescribable, mm-hmm. but it's, it's one that is very different than what we have even here in Buffalo. Sure, sure. Yeah. From, from a faith perspective, um, going to Israel and uh, seeing the land, um, helps the our, our holy scripture for us Christians. It, it's the Bible. Um, helps it to come to life. Uh, you're visualizing. Um, you're actually seeing what you've been trying to visualize. And there are places where that that speaks to you more so than others. There's some portions of, of course, have been commercialized. Um, but there's a 
holiness to the land, and after you visit a few times, you recognize the holiness is in the people mm. there. Um, both sides of, of the separation wall. Um, so f- for me, the transformation comes through the relationships that are established with the people that we meet on this trip. Uh, there are a lot of organizations just seeking peace and uh, reconciliation. And when we met with Roots for the uh, first time, uh, we talked to them about the idea of coexistence. So you're trying to coexist with one another. And uh, they, they said, oh, no, not exactly. Hmm. Uh, coexistence is easy. We're already coexisting in this space. Uh, but what we're shooting for, what, what we're attempting to do with one another um, is, is reconciliation. And how can I learn to stand for my neighbor, even though my neighbor is Palestinian and I'm Israeli and vice versa? How can we learn to stand for one another? And this organization um, has made a profound impact in that they are doing this. There's transformation taking place, and they are uh, a beacon of light in the Holy Land. When Todd said uh, the holiness is in the people, I saw (laughs) heads nodding emphatically. Who would like to expand on that? It's a profound experience to be able to um, physically go somewhere, to be able to appreciate in in a much deeper level of what the circumstances are, the surroundings, the context, um, the air that you're breathing, the sky that you're looking at, but the people that you're engaging with. And so it is the people um, that the holiness seems to emanate from. And for me as a person of faith as well, a Christian Catholic, um, it was profound. Um, I, I, I told people there were so many takeaways, so many positives, on a, whether it was just emotionally, spiritually, mentally, culturally, politically. I mean, there are so many dimensions here. Um, And at the core of all that are the people. It's about people. Um, uh, And and at least in terms of the the efforts of Roots and and many other organizations that that Mark could talk about as well, but one we also met was Hand in Hand. And and it, it just... Um, it was so profound that hand in hand, not fingers pointing at fingers, <laughs> mm. okay? Not you and me and you did this or you did that. There's atrocities, there's, um, th- there's tragedy, there's sorrow on, on, on all sides. But hand in hand, how do we walk together is, what, is, is really um, what inspired me and what I lent my support to say, let's bring this organization here, and that was before October 7th. I mean, we, we saw this as an opportunity for our Western New York community to perhaps have a little glimpse of that experience that we did um, without actually having the opportunity to go to Israel and Palestine. So. And actually seeing the connectivity. Um, you know, as a black woman, you wonder, okay, I'm visiting an area. Will I see someone that looks like me? And I did. And I think that was an eye opener for me to understand that there are black Jews. You know, you don't you don't hear stories of that. So I'm thinking, well, where would the connectivity be for me? And it was there. Hmm. So I thought, well, you know what? Those are stories that I think I need to say that, you know, there are cultures that transcend skin color. And we don't need to have to focus in on just saying, well, Jewish people are a certain kind of way. 
that's not true. That's a myth. That's a stereotype. And that really had an opportunity for me to say, oh, yeah, I can fit here and be a part of this culture and not feel out of place at all. And one profound thing for me that I always take back is when we were at the separation wall and we were looking at the wall. I mean, the wall itself is, is, is powerful enough as it is because it is a visual separation between people. But I was watching, there were kids that were talking between those walls. And I think that's the story mm. that will forever remain with me because they were talking and playing. They were kids. They were communicating across a visual divide. And it didn't feel that they were divided. They were playing. That's powerful as a visual and as a humanity thing to say that we can work past that. Mara, um, we've talked about roots, but and it did come up, but we didn't mention the two principles of roots. Uh, this is very important for a lot of reasons because of, of the work that your group has done to, to get these individuals uh, to come here to Western New York. But let's talk about them because it's, I think it's a key part of what roots is all about. The two principal individuals that uh, are, are actually going to be or have been right. here in Western New York. Right. So the the two people that are here, and I'll just say they're on a U.S. month-long tour. They come twice a year. Um, and we were planning for this before October 7th. Um, and so they landed February 13th in Dallas. So they are just going throughout the United States. Uh, last night they were at University of Pennsylvania. And they're going to make, um, we'll talk about it more, but they're coming here Sunday night at Westminster Presbyterian Church. So one of the people is Rabbi Hanan Sessinger. He is a co-founder. Um, and the other is Palestinian Noor Awad. So Noor lives in Bethlehem, and um, Han Rabbi Hanan, we call him Rav or Rabbi <laughs> Hanan, lives uh, south of Jerusalem. And they, they are very close to where Roots actually meets. So they are partners in this, and they are coming, and they are you know, going, to t you know, going to talk. And they talk in a variety of places. So they, they talk in churches, universities, mosques. Um, in synagogues, and they'll talk, you know, to anybody that will listen. And what I think is so important here is we are asking people just to, to listen to their narrative. You may have strong feelings about, you know, uh, what is happening in that space, but listen to two people that are on the ground and in relationship, in deep relationship. What do we know about their connection, though? How did they come together? I mean, it's a, obviously it's their story, but uh, what can you share about that? Yeah, so uh, Noor, and he will share, I don't want to give away, kind of as part of the presentation. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But he, <laughs> right, he, he came to this, you know, as um, actually he was training to be a, a tour guide, and um, he happened on roots, and, you know, certainly um, as someone, you know, very impacted by the conflict um, and had a very strong feeling, he he listened to some of the speakers at Roots, and remember, Roots was founded by a Palestinian and an Orthodox Jew. This is is not one over another, um, and it it you know he kept listening, and he, it transformed him. And um, Rabbi Hanan also settled. He would call himself a settler, I think, in kind of the west of Judea, Samaria, the, the land of King David before there was a Jerusalem, feeling very connected that Jewish people are part of that land. So they both have these, you know, strong parts of the land. I did also want to say that 
Roots is part of a coalition of 160 organizations called the Alliance for Mideast Peace. Uh, the U.S. government gives $250 million over five years. Um, and these are the stories, just like you heard Tim say about Yad Bayad, hand-in-hand. Uh, hand. It's a school from K to 12. And when we visited, the principal, Mohammed, asked our group to turn around and look at these kids playing <laughs> soccer. And he's like, who are the Arabs and, you know, who are the Jews? Can you tell? And we couldn't because, right, as exactly. you said, kids were playing. Right. That's right. Um, let's also note that, of course, the four of you went on this tour in, what, February of 2023. Correct. Right? Um, Want to see if you could take me back to how you felt when you left there. Did you leave there with this great sense of hope and this vision that these, these disparate people that we hear so, we had heard so much about over the years that are against each other that maybe the, either A, that wasn't really the case, or B, that you could see a, a coming together? Mm, yeah. That's a very good question. Um, for myself, again, after being there a, a number of times, I will confess that I, I didn't leave with great hope. Mm. Um, there, what we've experienced on, on our uh, journey um, is, is a bit different than everyday life in both Palestine and Israel. While we were there, uh, there were some mass protests within Israel uh, because of the newly elected right-wing mm. government. Um, hundreds of thousands of people marching into to Jerusalem. Um, and the, the plight of the Palestinians on, on the other side of the wall um, where, where I find hope, uh, it, it's in the hope of those who, who are oppressed and uh, the fact that some of them have hope. That's, that's the, the hope I can cling to as well. Um, but that hope uh, is, is uh, being challenged uh, con continuously. Uh, so that's, that's part of the, the challenge in the region. And to that end, I, I just wanted to hop in because something that you said uh, a few minutes ago, Renee, about the change and it, it, it requires change. There's there's so much about um, th there's so much about being in that moment and being in that experience and seeing something very transformational. But when you come home, is there I mean, it seems like you have to put that into practice. So how how yes. difficult is that? And also how where, where do you start I guess is, is what I'm kind of curious about you know that's a very good question for uh, you know it, it for me it was very tough for me to understand what my place would be um, when I came back I, I, I felt the, the the transformation happening while I was there in terms of again seeing people visuals that looked like me having the same struggles sharing similar stories of of, of difficulty of oppression of bias of um, bigotry, um, it, they're similar stories that were here. So it didn't feel quite as separate as I thought it might have been. And I started to immerse myself a little further into understanding the cultural differences and seeing the similarities to what our region looks like and what it is it that I can bring back. And I think the idea that there are two truths was the thing that sat with me the most, that just because I may believe and feel something 
doesn't mean that you can't or understand and feel the same thing, that there are two truths that I have to respect and understand and acknowledge. And just sitting in that place of, again, deep listening to say that there are two perspectives that coexist and reconcile with all of them. And that was a hard place for me, but a good place for learning for all of us. If I may, I'll just jump in that um, um, the the catchphrase of the group, um, and for those listening now can't see that I brought a little visual, but we, uh, um, I I was privileged also and blessed to to have my my wife, Valerie, join us for the group, as did many um, had partners or spouses be able to join. Um, The catchphrase for the entire time we were there was, it's complicated, it's complicated. Um, There is no easy path here. It's it's um, crooked and narrow and intersecting and and spiraling and all the rest of that. Um, what struck me and you you asked Jay about did you leave with a sense of hope? Um, um, the hope that I had or came to, took was from the people that are trying to make a difference, like um, Rabbi Hanan and, and Noor. I mean I mean that's they're. they're the strength of these two individuals, as well as many others, is is remarkable. Their 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 pursuit of this is incredible, um, and um, and if people have a chance to hear them on on Sunday evening, I think they'll come away equally. Um, I hope at least impressed with the, the 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 singular devotion and focus that these men um, have to say we we there has to be a way through this. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I think to to circle back to a question uh, uh, about Noor and without um, sharing too much, hmm. still from his story, I, I would say that uh, Noor happened upon uh, the work of Roots as a skeptic. And really, for sure, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, but he heard this um, this settler rabbi speaking words that he'd never heard spoken from an Israeli before uh, about reconciliation and embracing one another. And so, so he came back a second and, and third time and then was sold out for this idea of reconciliation. And I want to be clear when we talk about the two of them, they are not sitting by a campfire singing Kumbaya with one another. Uh, they, they are having difficult conversations, hard conversations, and and willing to go deep with one another um, because they know however much they may disagree, um, the next conversation they'll both show up for that conversation as well. And having wrestled with what the other said, and it's, it's part of this reconciliation process because it is a process, it's a continuous process of being reconciled and transformed. And coming back to the table together is where that transformation takes place, even though they're not singing Kumbaya with one another. And I kind of think of this like what we just described, what Tim said about it being complicated. It's like families. Families are complicated, and yet we figure how to work with our families. And these folks that I'm sitting with here, they're my family Mm. now. They're extended beyond just friendship. And as we work through our complicated issues, our differences, we always have that baseline. And I think that Noor and Rabbi have created a friendship that 
kind of give us that sense that families can have messy times, but it's through the conversations that we have with one another, it's through the listening with that we have with one another that we can reconcile some of our differences. It'll come back again, and you can guarantee that. I mean, we know how complicated families can get. But this type of, of an educational moment for all of us, I think, is a moment for us to take a pause and realize and reflect a little deeper about how we can come together in that complicated time. I'd like to hear more about the conversations of reconciliation and more, including this event that's coming up on Sunday, a chance for our listeners and uh, the rest of Western New York perhaps to, to see and hear uh, firsthand what Roots is all about and perhaps gain some of the perspective that our guests have uh, discovered themselves during their trip to Israel. We're going to take a time out come back with more. This is What's Next on WBFO. It's the PBS Kids Writers Contest. Word up! Come on! We're looking for amazing stories. They say everyone has a story to tell. From writers in kindergarten through third grade. It's going to be tiger-tastic. Remember, it's for kids only. I got a story I want to tell. Me too. Winners in your area will be selected from a panel of judges. Yeah! I'm so excited I can't think. Visit wned.org slash writers contest for more information. Watch great videos produced by your public media stations online. Find Buffalo Toronto Public Media on YouTube and check out interviews by our WNED classical hosts, original productions from WNED PBS, and so much more. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at wbfo.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. This is What's Next here. We're back on WBFO, and we're speaking with Mara Coven-Gelman, uh, Reverend Dr. Todd Leach, Tim Simber, and Renee Pettis-Jones. We're all talking about uh, an organization called Roots and uh, the various organizations that have sort of come together to um, talk about their um, members' upcoming uh, visit here to Western New York, talking about reconciliation. And uh, a big part, of, we heard a little bit of, of this before the break about the two members of that organization who are going to be uh, here in Buffalo on Sunday. Um, what we'd like to do now is play a little clip and sort of um, provide a little bit more context about what those kind of conversations are like. And then uh, after that, we can sort of talk about what we're hearing and kind of use that as a jumping off point. But this is um, to intro um, a, a little bit of a taste of those discussions and a little bit of what those dialogues uh, can be like ahead of the upcoming event. My name is Rabbi Hanan Schlesinger, and I live in Alon Shrut. Four years ago, here in our family land, roots start. Roots is a partnership between people from both sides, people who believe in nonviolence, dignity and quality between uh, our people. Dignity for me is when you respect the other one, when you give him the space for his life, when you respect his opinion, his uh, culture. This is the dignity and it's, it's very important for us, the, the Middle East people. We try here to give another picture to the people in order to increase the hope in, inside them. 
work in many different directions, but one of the core things that happens here is the people-to-people -people work. Okay, so we heard a lot there. Yes, so, yes. <laughs> I think a, a, maybe a good way to, this is radio, so maybe a good way is to talk about what we heard and also kind of a little bit more about in the context where we might hear those conversations. So we, we, we talked a little bit about this before the break, right? We talked about Noor and the rabbi coming together, not singing Kumbaya. They're talking, they're having hard conversations. Uh, as Renee said, you know, there's two different truths recognizing. I guess that's all kind of the context for what these conversations are like. But when, you know, you hear something like we try to give another picture to the people in order to increase the hope, what, what is that? What does that mean? And what, what are those, what is the work of those dialogues really, really look like when they when they get into it yeah uh, great great question um it, it's hard for us from from our context in western new york to have an understanding of what life is like in palestine israel um, because of the cultural diversity but also because of the separation barrier the, the protection wall you know whatever name you apply to it you can live a life without knowing anyone who is Israeli other than an IDF soldier if you live in the West Bank or, or, or Gaza and vice versa. If you live in Israel, you can live your entire life with having never met a Palestinian um, from the West Bank or, or Gaza. So um, hearing a voice from the other side is quite radical in their context as compared to ours because you have to be intentional about gathering together and gathering together um, between those two communities, the West Bank, Israel proper, is, is nearly impossible. Um, if you're Palestinian uh, without a work permit, you cannot travel in, into Israel. Um, if you're is Israeli, you're, you're um, encouraged not to or forbidden at some points to travel in, into the West Bank as, as well. Uh, so the fact that they're coming together for conversation is um, the first step toward the radical approach they take. And again, uh, the depth of the conversation they get into um, leads to that reconciliation we were speaking of earlier. And if you heard what Todd just mentioned there, it is interesting how you can just parallel that to the Western New York community. How many times do we not go outside of our communities that we live in and we don't cross those geographic yeah, divides? Right. So it's very similar in terms of what our communities are sharing here. And you know, just the idea that we need to break down and be intentional of those barriers even if they're not the physical barriers, we've created a barrier. Um, before 514, how many folks have ever been to the east side of Buffalo? So again, it's trying to cross those divides that have been intentionally put up or unintentionally just by geographic reasons that we've put them in front of ourselves. So I love that analogy because I'm hearing Buffalo in what you just said. Um, how about this from a, a, a question? Like you said, there are some people then who, there are some Palestinians who will never know Israelis, or Israelis who will never know Palestinians. And in many cases, very intentionally, right? What would be the thoughts that you might have to share with those people to encourage them to go beyond those walls? Now that you know, you've, you've, you've got your perspective, what, what would you do? What would you say 
to encourage somebody to go beyond that wall. Anybody want to try that one? Oh, if we had that answer, I think we'd be uh, <laughs> a real miracle. Well, it's about conversation, yeah. right? It is, so, yeah. and I think that's probably about the, 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 the basic thing is that try something different. You know, um, find different reasons to go outside of those comfort zones. Sometimes it's to try a different piece of the culture. If, it, if it's food, that's a neutral thing we all eat. So maybe try something that comes outside of that culture. Um Challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to go outside of that because I think a lot of folks are afraid to get outside of their comfort zone because somebody might say something. They might put you on the spot or make you feel badly, or you might act inappropriately. You might not know how to respond. So when you open your hearts and your minds to say, hmm, I'll just try something. It may not be perfect, and I'm just going to give it a shot to just give myself that chance to listen to something else a little different be it around food or be it around maybe a church service or whatever that may be something that's not your normal way. Yeah. Just try. Yeah, and I, I think for, for myself as a white Christian male in, in our society with the privilege I have, um, it is to lift the voices of those who are having that conversation. Um, so, so not to try to encourage uh, someone to have conversations them, themselves, but to point them toward a place that uh, the people who are committed to conversation and engaged in those conversations and perhaps journey with them to engage in those conversations. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, Jay, the question in terms of what would I tell? Yes. It, it's, um, it, it, at least personally, it's not my place to tell tell them what I think they should be doing. Um, my hope would be that perhaps rather than being prescriptive, be descriptive in terms of sharing the experience and, and inviting and by letting them see the different picture. And that's what struck me in terms of that clip. We're trying to present a different picture. It doesn't have to be the way it is. And, and if you don't paint a picture, and I'm reminded of a, a famous speech about a dream, if you don't paint the picture, if you don't give the vision of what is possible, um, it's very, very difficult to get people to try to move and to change and to take that risk and to cross that line. Or, right. You know, so. Mara? And something that I think we all work towards is um, shared society, so things that are affecting all of us. So if I take, give some examples of what Ruth Shorshim Yudar does in kind of Israel-Palestine, um, they're very focused on children. I mean, mm -hmm. first they have photography clubs. Mm -hmm. Before October 7th, they used to take you know, students, children, all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. Remember, from the West Bank, which is the West Bank of Jordan, you, you are landlocked, right? So those experiences together, so to build trust, um, they study each other's language. There's also interfaith, right? There's people are feeling their religion very deeply and knowledgeably, so sharing, sharing that. Um, and I think here in Western New York, if we're concerned about lead, or we're concerned about voting. Like we can work together as our organizations do on these issues. Um, some of them are kind of, you know, maybe p too political, but otherwise we're here to build a better civil society. Mm -hmm. um, I just also wanted to give the context of kind of the land of Israel in terms of population, because this will also give us, we talk a lot about what's happening in Gaza, but the population in Israel is about 9 million people. 
as I said, the state about the state size of the state of New Jersey. Seventy-three percent are Jews. Twenty-one are Israeli citizens um, who are Arabs, uh, Druze, uh, Bedouin, and you might have heard the term Palestinian Arabs of Israeli citizenship is a, a term used. Remember, citizens of Israel can vote, and there is representation in their parliament called the Knesset. Uh, not huge representation, but that just kind of gives you, you know, a, a picture of the population. And, you know, we, we didn't mention, uh, we haven't really given full light to it just yet, the event that is coming up this mm -hmm. Sunday. Let's make sure we, we get that, and we'll want to get it before we go off the air here at the end of the hour. But let's make sure that we talk about the yeah. uh, people can, we've talked about the rabbi, we've talked about Noor, but they will be here this mm -hmm. Sunday. Yeah, and we're, we're so excited to, to host them at Westminster Presbyterian Church. And one of the reasons um, the, the group chose Westminster is because of our, our history engaging in conversation, engaging in relationship with both our Jewish neighbors and, and our Muslim neighbors. Uh, we, we have a long history with uh, Temple Beth Zion of sharing sanctuary space with one another and a history of traveling with the Jewish Federation and having those relationships and um, relationships with uh, Muslim Public Affairs Council. And we just finished our 21st annual Understanding Your Muslim Neighbors series at, at Westminster Presbyterian Church. So we thought it would be an ideal place for both our Jewish and our Muslim neighbors to, to gather for this event. And um, I'll let others describe the event. <laughs> but it, it is this Sunday. It is this yes, Sunday. Yes, it is this Sunday at Westminster Presbyterian Church. Um, it, you have to register. It's free. So it is Sunday, uh, March 3rd, 630. Um, we have a lot of folks coming. This is really wonderful news. And you'll be able to hear from uh, Rabbi Hanan and Noor and ask questions. Um, all are welcome. Um, and yeah, we're very, we're very excited. So maybe on um, WBFO's page, we can put up the link. It's a bit.ly link to register. Um, you mentioned how the rabbi and Noor, they're not going to be singing Kumbaya together. Uh, I want to bring up this, though, um, probably the hardest part of this conversation. How have conversations changed for you since October 7th? Mm -hmm. What have you experienced? I mean, I'm sure people you know, know of your experiences. I'm sure you've talked about your trip to Israel or trips to Israel over the years. How have those conversations changed, and how have you responded? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. So it's a good question and, and a challenging one as, as well, um, because we, as, as Westminster, are so invested in relationships with our neighbors, uh, we've made an intentional decision not to make a statement. And I, I know that's disappointed some of our Jewish neighbors, and it's also disappointed some of our Muslim neighbors. And what we try to say is we're more interested in conversation than statements. Uh, so engaging in conversation with um, our long-term um, partners, our long-term relationships, whether it's, it's our um, Muslim neighbors, whether it's our Jewish neighbors, is just trying to keep a conversation together and um, spending more time listening than, than speaking. I, obviously, um, you know, knowing that I had been there, people asking questions and all that, and even us as a planning group talked about whether we would 
follow through with this? Was was this still a good idea? Should we do this? And maybe take a step back. Would Roots still exist? Would they still want to come? Where were they at? Um, and we were able to get on a, uh, a Zoom video um, meeting with them, and it was it was incredibly powerful. Um, where there was true honesty to say, I'm not sure. I I, I don't know where I'm at um, as as an Israeli or as a Palestinian in terms of this experience. Um, but we were committed to say, if they were willing to come, we still thought and and still believed that this is important. Maybe even more so in light of October seventh. Maybe even more so. I think that was probably the, the, the biggest thing, that it was something we couldn't give up on. Um, it was an initiative that was born out of something different but became bigger because of October 7th. The pain was palpable. Uh, the pain that both Rabbi and Noor expressed in our planning meetings mm. since October 7th is palpable. Mm. It is something that when you listen to their stories, it, it makes them even more fuller. Um, the, the, the amount of friendships that were torn because of October 7th, the amount of loss that they experienced, the health issues that have come from all of that, you, you start to visualize things a little differently. Obviously, we can understand from geographic areas that they mention on news media, but it's the people that you do put the faces to that pain that you start to empathize uh, in a very different level, a deeper level. So I do hope, and again, we use that word a lot because right. it is a hope, that we can take some of that um, and, and harness it for the good so that we can understand that there are a lot of layers of pain that we have to still transcend before we can heal. But we're on that path and that we're not alone, that we are um, going to support one another in a way that needs to happen for reconciliation to really come about. Mari, have anything to add to that? Um, what, I'd, what I'd underscore what my friends have said is really about the relationships that were formed beforehand, mm -hmm. whether that's Noor, whether that's Hanan, whether it's us. And yes, we may come from different perspectives, and we can talk about the pain of our communities. You know, I even have you know family in Israel, and 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 others have others. So that is to acknowledge that. But I think that we also have to acknowledge, and we've heard this when we met with with Ruth several times, that there's folks right within their family circles that are really critical of what they're doing, and especially now. So which even to us, I think, gives them even more, mm -hmm. like more of our love and support that they can be still committed to this. Um, so I do think it's about relationships. When we see each other in different, you know, activities, you know, there was like 19, 20 of us. When we see each other throughout the city, there's always a hug. You know, there's, you, you've lived through something and acknowledging that you may feel about what's happening uh, when you read an editorial very differently than what I might be feeling. But that we're still we're still deeply connected to each other. And given all that, uh, and, and really kind of the the tenor of the whole conversation that we've been having, something that kind of jumps up for me is the sense that you all get from the trip, but also from your conversations with the Roots members. It, does some of the appetite for um, people coming in and wanting to hear these conversations between the rabbi and Noor, um, does some of that from your estimation come from just wanting a space where people are 
listening and and you know I, I hate to kind of say you know in these times in our divided society I feel like that gets used a lot but I feel like there's a lot of truth to that as well like you know apart from a Jewish Palestinian perspective apart from perhaps even a race relations standpoint is is there just like a broader appetite maybe um, that, that you've you've picked up on or that you is that a palpable energy maybe I would hope so. <laughs> I think there's got to be a level of humanity that we always put at the, the root. The root. <laughs> I love that word as well. Um, because we are human, and we've got to start to see that humanity for the goods and the bads, um, for the pain and for the, the joys. And what we're all experiencing right now is painful on different levels in different areas. But there are conversations that are joyful. It's, it's, it's that learning moment when I can hear you and say, yeah, tell me more. You know, just being curious. What did that feel like for you? And, and Rabbi and Noor do an excellent job of being able to draw you into their narratives. And I hope that our community will absorb that because th- just hearing those stories across those divides, it, it, it absorbs into you. And if you can take that back into our Western New York community, perhaps just one person at a time, we can grow that humanity back again. Yeah. Well, well said, Renee. Um, as, as we know, we're in quite a divided country uh, right now. There are a lot of uh, critical issues uh, that we all feel passionate about um, that is causing great divide because of our divisions and our perspectives. Um, I don't know of anyone who has a right to be more divided than Noor and, and Rabbi Hanav. And if they can come together in conversation, we're hoping uh, that we can use that as a model. So, so this event on, on Sunday, we're hoping is not just a once and done event. Um, people who attend uh, we'll have an opportunity to sign up to continue this type of conversation with one another. And uh, hopefully, uh, prayerfully, uh, the conversation will continue. And, and perhaps um, continue beyond Palestine-Israel and, and uh, narrow in on Western New York. It, it, yeah, well said. Um, and I, I should add that in addition to the, the Sunday evening open to the community event, we've also put in place some events with, for high school students, um, because of some of our, our fellow companions on the journey, um, two superintendents, and we've invited others from other schools because we think it's important to model that too for young people. Uh, Mara shared that part of what Roots does is with young people. Um, how, to, how do we help gain um, uh, their perspective in terms of seeing this um, so that there is hope for them as well? Um, and then we also have an opportunity for um, college students um, so we were intentional about that. The, the Sunday evening is open to anyone in the community, anybody who wants to come and hear their story, to be inspired by their journey, um, by their civil discourse, by their desire to seek unity amidst diversity. We're coming down to our final few minutes here. I want to make sure I, I reintroduce everybody before we have to maybe rush off and say goodbye at the end of the hour. With us, we have Mara Coven. Uh, Gelman, the Senior Director of the Buffalo Jewish Community Relations Council, powered by the Buffalo Jewish Federation. The Reverend uh, Dr. Todd Leach, Senior Pastor at Westminster Presbyterian Church. They'll be hosting the Sunday event, as a matter of fact. Tim Sember, Trocare College's Vice President of Mission and Advancement, and Renee Pettis-Jones, the President of the National Federation for Just Communities of Western New York. Here um, may or may not be the final question. We'll see how far it goes here. But conversations that you had where you felt 
that message of hope, that wisdom that you picked up throughout your travels and throughout your other discussions, where that won the day, that where you have made, for lack of a better term, converts, people who say, I see it, I see it now, I see something different now than I did before. How about that? Can anybody share something like that with me? guess maybe I can start. Please. I mean, There's no real one time. I think, you know, the light bulb goes off a lot, and, and I hope that will happen more often. But for me, um, you know, when we brought Roots in virtually for our National, National Federation Conference, we were able to expand the conversation across the country. And I was so excited to see my other partners in the country get connected to them. And outside of all of that, they decided that they wanted to bring nor and rabbi in for their conferences. And just the idea that Western New York played a very small portion of helping to expand that dialogue is, is providing that hope for me to say that I, I may not know those transformational moments, sure. but I know they're happening. And they're happening outside of communities just here. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that those dialogues will continue to grow. Reverend, or no, Tim, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say, it, it, as part of this, we were seeking sponsors to help um, underwrite the costs of bringing them in. Um, and in those conversations, sharing why, why was this important? What, what, what was this about? I mean, in many cases, they had never heard of Roots. They had, they had no concept or, or, or context for that. Um, and in sharing that story, and in terms of um, the message that's behind this, um, um, I don't know if I could, would say they're converts, but they came to recognize the importance of that and say, yeah, I want to be part of that. And so we're grateful to all the sponsors who have stepped forward. Um, yeah. um, for, for myself, I would say as far as working toward reconciliation, I, I am a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah, I, I shared that I'd been to Palestine, Israel um, several times before leading groups, probably a couple hundred people I've led over six or eight different, different trips in the Palestinian territories and hearing hearing the Palestinian perspective and and uh, letting that perspective seep into me. And then I'm invited by the Jewish Federation to, to travel and um, wondering if I just need to be quiet <laughs> about my perspectives. And after seeing conversations modeled, sharing some of the experiences I've had in the West Bank and what I've witnessed in the West Bank and some of the challenges um, due to the state of Israel's uh, approach. Um, and, and then Mars there at the next meeting as well to, to have a con conversation and, and we're continuing that conversation with one another. So, so listening and, and, and speaking and returning to the conversation is what I've learned. Mara, you have fi some final thoughts? Um, akin to what I think Reverend Lee just saying, that when I speak to what I would consider the most entrenched people, you know, very progressive or very just on one side or the other, um, and then telling them about roots and like, right, that light bulb, Renee, it's like, wow, I think I want to come here. I think I want to hear that. That's uh, an encouraging thought, and I do appreciate that being our final word. Uh, Renee Pettis Jones, Tim Sember. Uh, Reverend uh, Todd Leach and Mara Colvin-Gelman, thank you very much for leading us through this conversation, sharing with us, and uh, thanks for being on What's Next. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank you, Privilege. Jay. Privilege. Thank I almost you. forgot to thank uh, Patrick Hoskin as well for being with us as Thanks, well. Pat.
This is What's Next on WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station.